You are listening to the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Robert Ang, and with me, my partner in crime over Skype. What's up, Michael Sheehan? What's going on, people? How's everybody doing today? It's a uh, Saturday here. I'm in Florida, like he said, and he's in New Jersey, and we're just ready to give your ears a little bit of pleasure that's right we're, we're we're talking about pop culture from the east coast of america so for this episode we're going to be talking about black mirror that netflix anthology series that everyone is talking about so if you haven't watched it i would say watch it first because this episode is going to be full of spoilers we're going to dive deep into our favorite episodes from this past season season four black mirror Mike, before we get into our rankings of our favorite episodes, like, what do you want to just say about Black Mirror in general? How did you get introduced to this show? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you just keep watching it because everyone's talking about it? What are, you, what, what are your takeaways from Black Mirror? Yeah, so Black Mirror is a very interesting, uh, very interesting TV series. Um, I like it. See, I've always been a fan of the Twilight Zone, and Black Mirror, to me, is kind of a modern Twilight Zone. You know, there's always kind of weird endings or, you know, definitely not so happy endings. It it leaves you feeling and thinking weird things. Um, And I like that about entertainment. I I like to watch something that I walk away with. And I'm not sure if I loved it, if I hated it, if it disturbed me. Um, You know, Black Mirror probably does that a little too much. Uh, uh, Some of its episodes are very disturbing. um, And we'll highlight one of those episodes in in this episode. Also, let me just throw in there for, in case Rob didn't mention it, we're going to be talking about massive spoilers for season four of Black Mirror, and maybe even possible spoilers for other seasons. So if you haven't seen any of the seasons of Black Mirror, definitely uh, you may want to skip this episode. Um, but yeah, I, I really, you know, the very first, so spoiler alert, the very first episode of Black Mirror, uh, um, season one, is about, um, you know, a, a political figure over in England um, who ends up is is held hostage and forced to have sexual relations with, with a farm animal. Um, so immediately, upon describing that, um, he, you're like, "What the hell is this show?" And even watching that episode, you're like, "What? What is this?" Um, it, it really sets up the whole show to kind of it sets the tone. It's like we're going to go places that nobody else is going to go. We're going to talk about and and show you things that nobody else is going to show you, and we're going to leave you feeling disgusting, (laughs) you know, in certain times. Um, And then the the season picks up a lot from there, Um, and just season one was, like, so cool, so different, so interesting. Um, And I feel like every season from there on has just gotten better and better and built upon this crazy world um, that's, that's, you know, focused on technology and how it's either ruining our lives or improving our lives. So, yeah, what what do you think about Black Mirror? So, I was not on the Black Mirror bandwagon from the get-go, but I do have to say that my wife's friend, Amanda, uh, came over one day, and she's just like, she's talking to my wife, and she's like, Kamala, you gotta watch the show Black Mirror. And, like, we've heard of it, but we never really gave it a shot. And so... She showed her two episodes. She showed her The Entire History of You and San Junipero. Those were the first two episodes that my wife saw. Therefore, those were the first two episodes that she introduced to me. So, 
again, like it, it is. I would have to say that I wouldn't really recommend watching that first episode that Mike so vividly described. It, it, the title of that episode is the national anthem. I would not recommend watching that episode first because it is intense it is gruesome it is it makes you very awkward and uncomfortable and if you have the idea in your mind that every episode is like this episode you're not going to want to continue watching black mirror honestly it's so funny because i i watched san junipero which is an amazing episode i watched the entire history of you which is incredible and then i told my dad i was like dad you gotta watch black mirror it's like the twilight zone they do things with technology and like the future of society if these technologies exist and he's like okay I'll watch it and he watched that first episode and he's just like Rob why did you make me watch this I am never watching this show again and I'm like no but every episode's different like just skip that episode like it, it was it, it ruined him for that show but I totally understand why and I'm kind of happy that I didn't watch the national anthem first I'm, I'm kind of happy that I watched arguably you know two of the best episodes from the entire series so far first so I can get my I can wrap my head around what this show is trying to do you know thematically and morally and ethically and all all the messages that they're trying to you know tell us or make us imagine how life would be how humans would act if these things existed which I think is you know one of the overarching purposes of the show and it's so fascinating to talk about it um but that being said enough about our background unless you want to add more Mike uh, do you want to start our rankings yeah, well, the one thing I want to say is I've also recommended the show to one or two people, <laughs> forgetting that the, that National uh, is the first episode of the series, and they've both come back to me, the people I recommended it to, and they're like, what the hell? You are one sick person from liking this show. And they never finish, they never continue after the first episode, and it completely ruins the idea of the series in their head. So, you know, I think I understand why the show creators put that episode first at the time but I think like now that more time has gone and they could like go back and like rewatch that episode and really think about it I think it was a poor choice to lead it off your series with that episode I agree. I, I cannot agree enough with that. Okay, so for this episode, Mike and I, we have picked our favorite episodes of this season four, the past season that was released on December 29th, 2017. So Mike's going to go first and declare what was his favorite episode. I will tell him where that is ranked on my list, and then we'll have a conversation and we'll go back and forth about that. Does that sound good to you, Mike? Absolutely. All right, lead the way. So, Black Mirror Season 4, there's six episodes, and my favorite episode is the most good-hearted uh, episode of the series, um, which I think is kind of interesting, uh, and I'm making a point of, of pointing this out, because most of the episodes are not good-hearted, and some of them are fascinating, and I think about them a lot more than I did this episode, but I just, I just love this episode. Um, it's called Hang the DJ. Yeah, that's my favorite episode. Um... Before I go any further, do you want to give away where that is on your list? Yes, I do. So Hang the DJ is my second favorite episode of Black Mirror Season 4. And just briefly, I'm not going to go into it, but 
um, briefly. It is my second favorite because, like Mike said, it, it does have a feel-good, you know, type of theme to it. It makes you not question how terrible society is and how terrible humans are. And, you know, it, it's not it's not a, a revenge story of sort that a lot of these episodes are. It really does just put you in a good place. And I think a lot of people compared Hang the DJ to San Junipero, which at the time was maybe the only kind of happy ending episode in Black Mirror, like the whole, all out of its all, whole collection of episodes. So it's really nice to have another one like that in the canon of Black Mirror now. And, um, okay, so Mike, I want to know why... Hang the DJ was your number one episode. Let's not go too far into the plot, but let's just talk about like what we felt and what our impressions were and why you love this episode the most. Yeah, you know, I think just overall in film and TV, like I love a good love story. And this is an episode about a, a love story, you know. Um, it, it's told in a new and different way or something that I've never seen before, at least. Um <clears throat> You know, without giving too much away about the episode, it, you know, you have these two characters who, like, you can tell instantly that there's chemistry between them, which is, you know, a real testament to the actors and, and the director of the episode. Um, it, you know, I, I can feel the energy, I can feel the chemistry, and, like, you're just rooting for them um, it, to, to, to get together, and there's a lot of obstacles that come in their way, and it's just, it's just a really good love story, man, and I'm always just a sucker for that, you know, so pretty much... I just loved it because it was a great, great re-envisioning of the classic he, you know, he meets her, she meets him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I loved it too. It's my second favorite episode. And I want to ask you, um, at what part, what, so like, for most of the episode, I was questioning, like, what was actually going on because something kind of just seemed off and they, and they kind of, like, they show you more and more things that make you realize that, like, this something's off, something's not real about this. And, but I'm the type of person that when I watch something, I'm not trying to figure out things right from the get-go. I'm just letting, I'm just going into this world, this universe. I'm just allowing it to show me what they want to show me at the time. And like Mike said, right from the get-go, they have some great chemistry. What's going on here, the technology of this episode is that there is an advanced dating app that puts you, matches you up with people, kind of like, you know... you know, people using Tinder, using any of these, you know, uh, online dating sites and trying to see if it works out or not. But what was fascinating to me from the beginning of this episode is that you can look at your expiration date with that person you were going on a first date with. That was so fascinating to me because, like, I never really dated much and I never did online dating. But I kind of, like, I, I kind of was on the verge of going that route. And just imagine going on a first date with someone and you look at your devices and it tells you how long your relationship is going to last or should last. And then you have to kind of terminate your relationship when that app tells you to do so. And so my thing that I was screaming at my TV set during this and I was just like, why are you even, why look at it? Like, just don't look at the device. Don't, don't, don't look at the device. Cause when you know that you're, you're only supposed to be with someone or do something for a limited amount of time, there's a deadline on something, you're going to act differently. It's kind of like, I, I think of like, you know, if I went to the doctors and they told me like, you know, you have a certain amount of time to live, like would, would I want to know that? And I'm like, I don't think I would cause you would 
live your life differently. You would live your life differently if you know there's an expiration date on something. And so, Mike, what what was your um, what was your takeaway from that? What, what were your impression from that aspect of this technology? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I guess just to go a little further into the episode, even though we said we really weren't going to, but <laughs> you know, the the male character in the episode, he makes like the classic. He has this classic choice, like. He want he wants to know how long it's going to last. It's like his fear that it's going to end at any minute, and so he gives in to his fear and ends up, you know, uh, checking the system, and it ends up screwing up all this time that they had together. I forget they're going to have like five years together, or something, and then it ends up being like forty eight hours because he looked without her permission, um, and it, it's just something like it's so re- it would seem so relatable, like like if I. Uh, at, as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, I want to know, like, how much time does he have? And it's like, then your wish and your desire becomes, like, what the character ends up doing. And that's just a really cool piece of storytelling. Like, when you want to see something happen and then it happens on screen, like, that's just good writing, in my opinion. Like, they're they're predicting, like, where, where would the natural progression of this story go? Where would we want to go as humans, right? What would we want to see? And that's, like, the, the, the angle that they go down. You know, you know, maybe in theory there might be a better story to tell, but you know they're doing the more human thing, and it's that, and it's relatable. So it just, it just was, it was really fascinating. Um, just a really, really cool episode overall. Yeah, and I just want to touch upon like one or two more things before we move on. Um, I think there was a really nicely constructed and a very realistic conversation that the two main characters had, where they kind of commented on basically how you know, dating works in our day in life. Like, you know, we go, we, you can go on several dates, dozens of dates with different people. And then based on your experience on those dates, you're going to kind of change your dating profile for like what you want. You know, you, you, you realize after dating, you know, a number amount of people, you're, you're going to want someone with certain characteristics. But what this episode kind of hinted upon is that like, where does that kind of fade away? Where does that urge to find their perfect match stop? And where does it where where does it begin where you're just going to be content? When you're just going to settle for someone because you're too tired of the dating game at that point. And because in this technology, in this episode, you go on number of dates for years. And all of a sudden, they're like, just like that, snap of the finger, boom, we have your perfect match. Finally, the formula worked. And no matter what, you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. Like, it's kind of like, why are they settling? Why shouldn't they be pushing further for someone that they really want to be with? Someone that they truly have a connection with. And that's why it's such a beautiful ending. So I want to ask you now, Mike, this before we move on. What did you think about the ending? The ending was very, you know, it, it, it really scaled everything back. And we saw the whole picture of what was going on in the end with this technology. And even what happens at the very end when we see that snippet of what I assume was, you know, reality. That was actually real what was going on. So what did you think about the ending of Hang the DJ? Well, I just want to say, are you sure this isn't your favorite episode? You talk with a lot of passion about this episode. <laughs> like, you know, this and my first favorite episode, I can talk about those two episodes for like five hours each. So, yeah, I am very, I passionately love this episode, but there were some elements that m- bumped it back to number two. Okay, all right. Well, so to, to answer your question about the ending, like, and again, spoiler alert, we're 
we're obviously giving everything away about this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, you know, you see all these computer simulation versions of themselves and like 99.8% of the time they all did the same thing and they all ended up trying to escape this computer simulation world they were in. And so they all get like sucked up into the device, um, into their cell phones or whatever, um, in the quote unquote real world or what we're, you know, we believe is the real world and they see each other across the bar from each other at a concert or something like that. And they, you know, they look at each other and they smile and you can, you can kind of feel like a little bit of a connection, like instantly there. Um, and it's just interesting. Like, I think, you know, I, I need to go back and rewatch it because I also was confused if they were trying to like make it seem like they had a connection and then they're like, give a little weird look to to one another as well. Like, like, have we done this before? I didn't know if they were trying to go for that or if it just was kind of the way that it was, you know, the, the actors were just looking around at and, like, trying to avoid eye contact with each other. Um, but I liked it. I, 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 you know, I, I'm just glad, you know, it makes it seem like, to me at least, I'm interpreting that they're going to walk away and they're going to be happy with each other. So I think that's great. Yeah, me too. It had a very happy ending. I, I got the same vibe from that. And, yeah, you know, from this collection of Black Mirror episodes, it's really nice to have a handful with sort of a happy ending to it. So hang the DJ. Thumbs up from me. All right, what's your your number one, Mr. Robert? My number one favorite episode from season four of Black Mirror was the very first episode from the season, USS Callister. Mike, where does that rank on your list? So I, I, I'm still deciding if it's number two or number three, but I think I'm going to go with it being number three. Okay. Very fair enough. So, like I said, I'm not going to go too much into the plot unless we have to further the conversation. But I truly loved USS Callister. First of all, it might have been the biggest cast for any Black Mirror episode. You have Jesse Plemons that I know from Friday Night Lights, but everyone else probably knows from Fargo and from Breaking Bad. It has Kristen Milioti from her Broadway days and also How I Met Your Mother. She's the mom. Spoiler alert. Um, But, yeah, and then it has other, you know actors in there that I can't remember their names, but you've seen them before, definitely. Jimmy Simpson. Hmm? Jimmy Simpson from, uh, uh, he's been, he's been a number of shows. He's also on Westworld. Ah, yes, yes. And, um, so I just truly love this episode because it was, it's like a perfect Black Mirror episode in my opinion. You start out, and every Black Mirror episode, you're like, okay, what's this technology that we're getting into? But, we start out, and I just love the, the opening of this episode was absolutely perfect. It was this parody of Star Trek, and there's another show that the Jesse Plemons character was a star of. And it is just so, like, cheesy, but so to a T perfect for anyone who has watched Star Trek. And as my father is a Trekkie, I have watched countless hours of Star Trek. So all of the references and all of the parodies and everything that they do with the Star Trek timeline in this episode is so spot on. It made me laugh so out loud and it was just so perfect. But anyway, we get to know this character. And what I really liked about this is because... Before we get to even know what this technology is that Black Mirror, this episode, is going to be commenting on, we, we're, we're introduced with the human people, the, the human characters, the people of this episode that's going to make it thrive. And first, I, I love it because we feel bad for this character, this kind of loser Jesse Plemons. He's getting, you know, crapped on by his, you know, 
friend who kind of takes over the company, and we feel bad for him. And then we meet Kristen Milioti, and she's just like this new girl. And I'm just like, hey, you know, you know, everyone kind of hates Jesse Plemons' character. I'm like, why do you hate him? He seems like a cool guy. He just seems like a a downright, you know, guy that's in the dumps. And then the episode just turns on you. It turns on you, and I love that turn. I love that twist where they're like, okay, we felt bad for him, but guess what? He is the villain. And then like I'm like, whoa, my my world just kind of spun around. And then we get introduced to the technology, which really, you know, it, it arises so many interesting questions about you know digital copies and cloning and what is it what's that fine line whether something is human or not even though it 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 might not have might not be a human but what if your digital copy has the ability to feel the ability to have their own choice to fear to love does it make it any less right to you know quote unquote murder them and it's 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 a it's a theme that has been you know, talked about and discussed through movies and TV shows in the past. I remember watching Ex Machina, and there was something very, very specific like this going to the whole droid and whether or not that droid was a human or not. And then I watched and I read the book Never Let Me Go about clones and, like, is it right to, you know, kill them knowing that they're clones, but are they real people because they have the ability to imagine and to create and to love and to feel sad. So, I don't know. All of these things, there's a lot of aspects about USS Callister that I loved, and that's why it was my favorite uh, episode of the season. So, Mike, I'm sorry. I, I talked a lot there. Add on for me. <laughs> yeah. So, I do want to talk about one or two specific things. I did. I want to say before I go into it, because I'm going to be talking about a couple of negative things or things I didn't like in the episode, but I loved the episode. I thought the cast was great. I, I agree with you. I thought it was so cool how, like, in the first half of the episode, you know, you're really feeling for this character, and then the second half of the episode, you're like, oh my god, this person's a monster. Um, you know, you really get that feeling for it. But, so, I had to talk, going to go specific into a plot, some plot here, because... Is the one thing that really I thought about after the episode had ended and kind of like a little confused me and left me feeling, I don't know, like I, like I didn't love the ending of the, of the story. So to, to give a brief setup of the whole episode, right, as Rob was kind of explaining, you have these virtual reality versions of all these people. So our main character, Jesse Plemons, is like stealing things from them in the real life and creating Internet copies of them um, in, his, in his Star Trek game. So they're all kind of trapped in there, and they have to do what he says. Otherwise, like, he is threatening to bring in, like, family members or stuff from there, from the real world. So anyway, the whole story is about them, these characters trying to escape um, and trying to figure things out. So what they do, the character of the girl from How I Met Your Mother, because I can't remember what her name is. Do you want to chime in with that? Yeah, her name is Kristen Milioti, and her name is Nanette in the episode. Okay, so Nanette, um, the internet version of Nanette ends up blackmailing the real-life version of Nanette um, into breaking into Jesse Plemons' house and swapping out his virtual reality connector. It was the thing that connects him into the game. Um, And so by by doing this, what ends up happening, um, again, spoiler alert, is they end up, I want to say, basically killing the real-life version of Jesse Plemons. Um, you, you, the episode ends when you see him, uh, stuck in a virtual reality version of himself, you know, stuck in the virtual reality game and he can't get out. 
he can't get back to real life. And like, you know, the, the camera zooms out on him in the real life, just like crying in his chair. And uh, I didn't love that because I'm like, yeah, this guy, maybe he created this, you know, messed up world with this internet version of these people. And maybe he is a monster, but you know, Nanette in real life just murdered a man. You know, she just partook in murder. <laughs> and I don't know that that's an acceptable thing. It's very confusing to me. You know, these characters, all the internet versions of themselves, get to live on in this world, but the real-life version of Jesse Plemons is dead. I don't know. Oh, it, it just it feels weird to me. I don't know if I'm supposed to think that much about it. They're supposed to, be able to think about the fact that Nanette has probably ruined the rest of her real life. Because the internet version of her was upset and wanted to wanted to be free. I don't know. It's weird. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's like a point that the episode is trying to make. And yeah, it's going to be divisive. I think that the fact that you keep on yeah calling them the internet versions of themselves is where the line is being drawn. And is that are we capable of understanding that these digital copies? Are, should be considered as humans in its own right. They are they are human in the world that they live in because they feel pain. You know, for sure they don't have reproductive organs. I get that. Because, but you know, when they were being encaptured by Jesse Plemons' character, you know, he inflicted pain on them. He he was the dictator of their lives, and all they wanted was to have their own agency. They they wanted freedom, and that's why they devised this plan to kind of sure they're going to be trapped in this internet world quote unquote forever but they grab you know they have freedom now they escaped from the one person the one god-like figure that was ruining anything that they had and he could turn them into monsters he can kill them he can choke them until they have they they felt that pain and so like the question is like yeah you know sure it's it's you can consider the internet version, you know, killing or, you know, killing the character because he's lost forever in this, you know, internet space. But I don't know. I just think it's a really fascinating question to think about, like, what, you know, how can we consider these digital copies knowingly as humans that like they are just internet copies, but knowing that they can actually feel, knowing that they are, they, they have... They probably have like a soul in whatever your definition of a soul is. They can create all of these things. Like they, they can, they should be considered human and it should be wrong to torture them. It should be wrong to kill them because they're not doing anything wrong. And is it wrong to kill the monster that was torturing them for all this time? Um, I mean, yeah, that's just one of the questions. It's like a, it's a revenge type of storyline. I just loved it because there was a really great amount of suspense. And sure, it does wrap up very tidily, a little bit too neat, but I kind of liked it because at the end, the villain got what he deserved, and that made me happy at least. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you that it did wrap up uh, more more neatly than I thought it was going to. I kept thinking, okay, these internet version people are not going to make it. They're going to die all die. Because I just felt like the way Black Mirror was, was going to end the episode. So it kind of, in a weird way, it subverted your normal expectation and then began, gave you the normal expectation. Um, so it was kind of interesting. Um, but just, so the the thing that bothers me is like the, as far as, like, from a character standpoint, the internet version of Nanette felt like she was more important than the real life 
version of herself. That A, she could blackmail her. A, and then B, like, I, you can only surmise that he's going to end up, that Jesse Plemons' character is going to end up dead in real life, and that they're going to swab that fleet, and they're going to find Nanette's DNA, like, because she was touching things, and she was clearly in the, in the head. So, like, she's probably going to go to jail. <laughs> I know I'm, like, really probably grasping at straws here, but, like, it just seems like, why, you know, why, I, how did she decide to put one version of herself in front of the other? It's just interesting to me. I don't know. It, it, I don't know that I love it. I definitely enjoyed it, which is why I made you know my top three. Um, but I just, I have obviously I have I'm grappling with some of the storyline. Yeah. Why you know why one character would do things something. Go ahead. Right. Totally. Yeah. No. I I said uh, I enjoyed it a lot. You know. I just love the Star Trek references. Uh, I love the suspense and the twist that was going on. It was very very finely acted, and that's why it's my number one. So, Mike, I want to know what your number two is then, since USS Caster was number three. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a curveball here. Uh-oh. I think you're going to be pretty dang surprised, but um, the episode of Crocodile is my number two. Um, this, so did, did that end up on your list at all? I mean, it did. I know you only have six. <laughs> There's only six episodes. So, so I, I have to admit that Crocodile was the only episode that I didn't finish watching. And I don't have any intention to finish watching because I just didn't like it. So it is my number six. That makes complete sense. <laughs> and... You know, for people who obviously listen to this podcast, I'm sure you have seen this this episode. This is easily the most disturbing episode possibly ever in the in the <laughs> whole show, maybe. Um, so, you know, a brief overview of the episode. Uh, right from the get-go, we have these two people in a car, and they accidentally hit a biker, um, and they end up disposing of his body. And then we fast-forward later years in their life, and... The woman has made quite a successful career for herself, um, and it's all threatened when the man who was driving the car, who actually hit the, the people, came back, comes back into her life, and is like, you know, I've been wrecked with guilt all these years about what happened. You know, we got rid of the body, but I need to come clean. I've been in AA. I need to repent for my sins, and she ends up killing him. And the episode just kind of starts to go off the rails from there. Um so, do you want me to tell you how the episode ends? Yeah, you know, enlighten me how it ends, and maybe if I like the ending, I will go back and watch it. But, like, yeah, I just, I just, this is one episode I could not really get into. So, go ahead, tell me how it ends. Yeah, so, you're not going to like the ending. But I can tell <laughs> you that much. Um, but, yeah, she, she just kind of loses it. Um, and she happens to witness, when she's, like, looking out the window, like, I think right after or right before she ends up killing her ex-boyfriend, um, who was the driver of the car, uh, she witnesses like an accident. And so the technology piece of the episode comes into play where like these insurance agents, um, who investigate, um, investigate the, uh, these accidents, like can look at people's memories of the day. So she goes to, to meet the woman who, um, has, you know, killed the boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, and she gets, sees the memory and then, the, the woman ends up killing the insurance agent, then, you know, ends up going to the insurance agent's uh, house uh, to 
uh, I guess, cover her tracks and ends up killing the husband and then ends up killing their daughter, who we find out later was actually blind and that she didn't need to kill the daughter, um, and then ends up getting caught because they bought the daughter a hamster, and I guess the police can get memories of from the hamster, and so they end up going and arresting the woman at the end of the episode. <laughs> Okay, Mike, I just want to know why is this your number two then? <laughs> okay, so obviously this is the most disturbing episode. Um, it's one that left me feeling sick to my stomach, and it's one that I thought about for a significant amount of time afterward. And, I, I, you know, one movie that I'll just reference that I think you and I saw together, if I'm not mistaken, was Revolutionary Road. Yes. Um a movie that we both like were depressed after seeing, but like you can really think about the characters of a story, and in that story, you not the in Revolutionary Road, you understand where they're coming from. In this in this story, I don't necessarily uh, well, I don't think I'll ever understand murder in any aspect. But I think her the story of her character makes a lot of sense in that like they did this one thing, you know, when she was younger. You know, her boyfriend accidentally killed someone, and like I'm sure that that sat with her and that bothered her, and she just pushed it down and pushed it down, and was able to change her life for the better. And then she had this thing, you know, in the story, her ex-boyfriend who came in threatening all of that, and she was just trying to do whatever she could to protect it. So the reason I like this story so much, or I like this episode so much, is because I think the character arc makes a lot of sense. And while it's deeply disturbing, like, you can understand why she went through all all these lengths to try and, like, you know, try and protect what she had, try and protect her family, try and protect her fortune. You know, it was just now this was all important. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that one thing, that one trauma that happened to her when she was younger just ruined her life. And I think you can correlate that to a lot of people. There's something that happens when you're younger you know, and it can be deeply disturbing in your life, and it just affects you. It changes you, and sometimes it changes you for the worse. Um, and I think this is an, a really unfortunate story of, of the situation that happened like that. Again, a deeply depressing episode. You know, I would not recommend anybody really watch this episode. I would never say this, this is the episode of Black Mirror that you need to watch. But I think it was a really fascinating story, and, you know, I think the use of technology was pretty interesting in it, and I could definitely see that being something that could happen in the future that they are able to get memories out of people's heads. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, you have good reason to like it because the way you talk about it, I can tell how much, you know, you were affected by this episode and yeah, you know, it, it is, it is fascinating and it's fascinating about the technology that they, you know, express and they display in this episode. Um, yeah. So I understand why it's your number two, Mike. All right, so we went when we went on our longs. Do you want to just bang through the last of our list, or do you want to save it for another episode, or you want to keep going? Yeah, just bang out. So you got, I think, you need three, four, and five. Tell me what they are for you. Right. So three is Black Museum. Four is Archangel, and five is another episode that I really just did not like. Was Metalhead? What about you, Mike? Yeah, Metalhead would be my number six, um, Archangel would be my number five, and then uh, Black Museum would be my number four. Just a quick shout-out to Black Museum. It was a pretty interesting episode, also really dark and depressing, but it was a story by Penn Jillette, which was pretty cool. And then Archangel was directed by Jodie Foster, I think? Yes. 
So that was pretty cool. I mean, and, and Archangel's an interesting story. Uh, it was a fine episode. I just honestly didn't even remember it that much. I had to go back and read what it was about. Um, and then Metalhead was just, I mean, it was a fine episode, but it, it just, I don't know. It was like, it's just a, a singular story of woman and trying to escape robot. This is pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, Metalhead was, had no essence to it. It was shot in black and white. It had some kind of cool styles to it. But in the end, yeah, I'm just like, if I'm watching this whole story and she doesn't make it, make it worthwhile for me somehow. And then the, the, the reveal at the end was not worthwhile at all. So I got mad when that when when we saw what she was looking for in that box. And I was just like, "All right, come on! That, that, this was just this was just a waste of time." Um, Archangel, I feel like the technology in Archangel is actually the closest to reality out of all the technologies that we saw in this season. It's about like you know a parenting type of uh, archangel type of device where you can track your children and even see what they see and hear what they see and even censor. It has it brings up really interesting questions about censorship and what you want to censor for your children and what you should or sh- or like should you even censor things that you don't want them to see or go through when they are children. It's a really interesting concept, but I thought it was executed a little bit. You know, a little poorly. It was a little bit too heavy-handed. The fact that she was literally being bludgeoned by the device that she hated to begin with was a little bit too on the nose for me, as you know, you could say. Um, but I also want to say black. <laughs> I also want to say black museum. Um, I know we talked about watching Black Mirror episodes out of order, and we watched. You know, I didn't watch the first episode of the first season. And this is an anthology uh, type of show, so you don't have to watch them in order, but you have to watch Black Museum last because they they go back to the technologies that existed not only in this season but previous seasons, I believe, and then they kind of they kind of wrap things up in a really interesting way. So don't watch Black Museum first. Not that it's not a good episode. It's my third favorite episode of the season. Just because of the storyline for you to get a better understanding and appreciate the episode more, you have to put this at the end. Agree, Mike? Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of things I liked about Black Museum. I think it was a really cool episode. Um, But, you know, it it was pretty sick. (laughs) You know, again, not going deep into the storyline. So there was a section of that episode that was very very hard to watch yeah and um yeah black museum was interesting because unlike the other episodes they kind of had like two or three like mini stories within the big story of the episode so i found that pretty cool um and yeah i think black museum was difficult to watch like the way you described crocodile those were kind of difficult to watch and i think overall in this season we'll, we'll conclude this episode talking about our overall impressions from this season mike i think it was um you know it was interesting it had some some themes that were that existed throughout all episodes i mean there were definitely some themes of like revenge not in hang the dj and such but like the other black museum crocodile you know uss callister there was a theme of revenge but there was also a theme of love and i think theme of love is always going to take you know center stage in these type of uh, shows no matter how you want to perceive 
love, but most of these episodes were some way or another had to do with like what would we do, what do what would these characters do for love, and like how far would you go, how far would you fight for it, how far would you fight against it, and uh, yeah, you know it's it's so interesting to to see Black Mirror have all these type of technologies and how it would affect. Um, society, and in a way, you know, we kind of have to think about like, are these technologies going a little bit too far? Are these technology? Are we better off without these technologies, or is the should the question be framed differently? As is it really the humans that use the technology that makes them bad? Like are, these technologies can be used for the good, but when things become too fat, powerful, do we have to put the blame within the humans that are using it? So, what did you think about overall season four, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I liked a lot of what you just said there. Um, and the only other minor thing I'll really mention is like I felt like if you really look at all all six episodes, kind of laid out on a storyboard, you know, they they. It picked a really good, like, arc for the season. You know, it kind of starts out with you know, maybe what you might call a high high note at the end of the episode. Then it gets a little dark and depressing. Then it goes, you know, in the season four, episode four is, you know, the hang the DJ. So it goes up to a high again. And then it kind of, like, goes back down to, like, a little bit of a low. And then Black Museum kind of just, like, wraps up not only this whole season, but, like you said, ties in, like, other seasons. But I just think, you know, they really, I feel like they really thought about the layout of these of these episodes, and I think they really picked a, a good combination of when these episodes should air, like when they, you know, one after another. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, we, we both seem to really enjoy season four of Black Mirror. Maybe in our future, we would do an episode where we talk about our favorite episodes so far out of all four seasons, and that could be a fun episode to uh, prepare for and to listen to. So anything else uh, you want to say before we call it quits, Mike? Um, no. You know, I just hope people don't think I'm a maniac for liking that crocodile episode. It just, I, I don't even want to say I liked it. It deeply disturbed me. <laughs> bothered me. So it's just something that sat, sat with me, um, and I had to think about for a long time. And I, I just, I, I think I'll always appreciate any kind of art that makes you think, um, good, bad, you know, but it just, it just, it, 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 you try to figure out, well, why am I seeing this? Why, why is this something that a director wants to show me? And so that's kind of why it stuck with me and it was so high up on the list. So yeah. I was trying to defend myself. <laughs> no, no need to defend yourself, Mike. We all understand. You are a sick, sick man. We get it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, tune in to next week. We'll have a couple episodes that might be from our uh, collection because this guy, this guy right here is going on vacation. So I don't know if we will be able to record anything new until a couple weeks. But look forward to our tweets on Twitter. We are at Podcast Popcorn. So please follow us. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. Peace. Peace.